Hello. So um, we are in our series on what disciples do. And there's a couple of weeks left, this week, next week. Um, And it's been a while since I've been up here. You might hear I'm, I'm getting better, still a little bit left there, uh, but getting much better, um, able to breathe, which is always helpful. Um, so I've been away ill. And then last week I was in Scotland for my brother's wedding, um, and we've been well blessed by Anne and Wendy and Fern and Paul last week in, in giving us examples of what disciples do of the importance that we are called to live a life of action. Not just a life where we sit on what we believe, but a life which our belief pushes us to do the things that Jesus did and to do the things that Jesus instructs us to continue to do. And it's really important that we grasp this, that we, that we get this, that as followers of Jesus, we're expected to be doers. Okay, uh, And we saw that when we studied James, didn't we? When we see uh, James, a reminder of chapter 1, verses 22 uh, through 25. He writes, Be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if anyone hears of the words and doesn't do, they are like those who look at themselves in the mirror. For they look at themselves and, on going away, immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be a blessing in their doing. So, as we've looked at in this series, the need as followers of Christ, to be sharers of the gospel, to be good stewards, to be uh, generous, to teach others faith, especially those within the family, to give thanks at all times, to wrestle with God as well, as Fern spoke about, to accept that we're sinners, to, to step into repentance, and to be Believers in the God of the living, which Paul spoke on last week. All important things that we should do. And today, we get to to look at the need to be living according to God's word. And it's important that we live according to his word. Everything that we've looked at today in this series And next week, when we come to look at how we got to acknowledge Christ as king, it all comes down to our choosing to accept God's word. It's our choosing to accept God's word, not to ignore his word. James said that we need to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. So as we read scripture, as we, as we sit with scripture, as we study God's word, the things that it says, we need to put into action. But our putting that into action can only come out of a place of our faith. 
See, we can be doers of the word, but it's got to come from our being one with the word. We get people in the world today who are great people, and they do great things, really nice things. But they're not one with the word. So they're not doers of the word, even though they're doing things that the word says they should do. Okay, we need to be one with the word. We need to be, and out of that being, we get to do. Because when we don't, we get to be like the hypocrites that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 6 when he was talking about prayer. And he speaks out against those who stand in public, doing things in order to be seen by other people. As, 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 as though they need to be seen to be righteous. That's not what we're supposed to do. That's not the reason that we do the things that we do. We do the things that we do because out of our being one with Christ, we are led to act as he instructs us to act. It needs to come from that relationship with the Father, through the Son, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that we do, that we can do, out of our own self, out of our own strength, from within ourselves. It comes from God. It comes from the Spirit working through us and pushing us in to act to love, to show mercy. As we're doers of the word, like I say, we've got to be one with the word. And the only way to be one with the word is to know the word. Because all action, it flows through that. It flows through that relationship that we have with the word made flesh, with Jesus Christ. Now, we can choose to walk away from those things that the Word instructs us to do. And let's be honest, there are occasions when we all do do that, where we choose to do that. And we've looked at in the last weeks how, how we accept that we're sinners and that that is a thing that we do, but how we have to walk in repentance as well and change the way that we feel, change the way that we think, change the way that we act. And in today's reading from, from 2 Thessalonians, Paul instructs those who he's writing to, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, keep away from believers that are idle, disruptive, and don't live according to the teaching received. Lately, I've been having quite a lot of conversations with people. Some from within the community of St. John and many from, from outside of, of, of this worshipping community about how grace and works go together or in their minds don't go together and how they should be separated and kept separate. You see, but as disciples, and I've been telling these, these, uh, this to people, we are called to be workers of the harvest field. 
Yeah? Jesus says the workers are few, but the harvest is plentiful. Pray that there be more workers for the harvest field. His disciples are workers in the harvest field. And anyone who says that we are saved by grace and therefore we don't need to do anything, they kind of miss the point of grace. And they're the conversations I've been having lately. We know that grace is much more than just forgiveness. Everything that God gives us is a gift of grace. Everything is. And if we accept that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he did go to the cross and die for us, that he died for you, if you believe that and you step into relationship with him, you allow the Holy Spirit to to move you, you step into his grace. But in doing that, there's a cost. Discipleship costs. Grace is a free gift, yes, but it is a gift that requires a response. It is a gift which will cost you everything. We can't just simply sit by and live a life as we choose to live a life if, in fact, we say we are saved, if we are saved by grace. See, disciples' life, we we, we choose, as a disciple, we choose to lose. Okay, we choose to lay down our life and to pick up the life that Jesus wants us to live. We pick up our cross, words which many of you will, will kind of remember, will resonate with, Jesus' words, take up your cross and follow me. We choose to live as Jesus directs us to. And in doing that, we have to choose not to live how we want to live. Because if we're really honest with ourselves, a lot of the time, the way Jesus wants us to live isn't the way we want to live. Doing the things that Jesus wants us to do isn't always the things that we want to do. But the stronger that bond becomes, the, the deeper that relationship becomes, the more aligned our wants are with his wants. And a lot of what has been sitting with me as I've been thinking about living according to God's word and those conversations that I've been mentioning is John 15. Because it's pretty clear, I think, those who do not produce fruit are cut off and thrown in the fire. Jesus' words in John 15. The only way for us as disciples to produce fruit is to remain connected to the vine. So if we're cut off and thrown in the fire, then there's going to be no more fruit. But what is fruit? How does that fruit grow as we stay connected to the vine? Because yes, we know we are saved by grace, but we are saved by grace through faith, which is a gift from God. See, grace 
is given through faith. Faith is a gift from God. And faith is evident in our fruit. Now you might think, we don't need to show evidence that we have faith. But I would go back to the words of James in chapter 2, verse 17, where he says, Faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. You can kind of, kind of mirror that with John 15 a little and say, Faith without fruit is dead. Faith that isn't producing fruit is a branch which needs to be removed from the vine for the, for the vine to then have its health and all of its nutrients going to the right places, the living places. We've got to live according to God's word and we've got to show our faith and we have to show our faith through our actions. More than just this, we, we need to be holding each other accountable to do the same. To be faithful. To be fruit producers. However we're going to define fruit, whatever we're going to think fruit is, and for each person that might be something slightly different as it looks. But we all are called to be fruitful. We need to hold each other accountable because although it might read a little harshly initially, you know, Paul wrote in today's lesson, take special note of anyone who does not obey my instruction in this letter. Do not associate with them in order that they may feel ashamed. But he goes on to say, yet do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as you would a fellow believer. We all need to get better at telling each other to step up. To get involved. To, uh, to be a doer of the word. We need to be better at telling that to each other and encouraging each other to find how we can do that, both individually and corporately. And we need to help each other because we're all called to live a life which is worthy. We're called to live a life which is a life that lived according to God's word. But where do we start with that? The simple answer is, well, the greatest commandment. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. I remember someone once said to me, it's really simple. 
love God and do what you want. Because if you love God, anything that you want to do will be only the things that he wants you to do. So how much do we love God? How do you in your daily life love God? How does the grace that you have received work in your life, work through your life as you respond to him? How are you, how are you loving others? How does the love that you've received from God How does the knowledge of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, how does that impact your life? How do you respond to that in your dealing with other people, in your communication, both verbal and nonverbal? That's responding to each other. Here at St. John, that's responding to members of the worldwide church. And that's responding to those outside of the body. Because we all carry the gospel with us wherever we go. And if we state that we're for Christ, but we act as though we're not, people are going to believe the action, not the word. And therefore, they're not going to hear the word. We need to be doers of the word. We need to carry it on our sleeve so that people can see it. So that people can have a tangible example of what it is to be a disciple when they look at our life. We've got to get this, we've got to get this right It's a fundamental for us. It is something we will all struggle with. We'll struggle with it forever. But that doesn't mean we can't put work in, put effort in to get better at it. Because the word is the only way to live life. Every instruction that we need, everything comes from the word. Jesus is the word made flesh. And he says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the life. He is the life by which we are called to live. He is the life. It's without, without him, there is no life for us. He is the lifeblood that runs through our veins. He gives us the way. He tells us the truth. So today, let's, let's kind of start afresh. Let's turn the page. Let's, let's go through a time of repentance and step into believing again that he is the way, that there is no other way, that all truth is in him, and that the word is the only way to live. We walk in the light. We follow his path as he he lights it up for us as we take a step. You're not going to see all the way to the end of the path. 
You're going to see the path as you need to make the steps. And let's show the world that we are Jesus' disciples. And he says that the world will know you are my disciples because of your love for one another. So let's truly work at loving each other. At loving God. And then at loving other people too. Grace should be compelling us to action. And when and where we we lack that action, the only answer that I can come up with in my own life when that's the case is that grace is absent. And that I'm not allowing myself to receive grace because when we receive grace and we truly step into that everything we do is glorious so as the band come back up and and help us to prepare for communion today as we, we go to, to a time of really remembering that sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross, I just want to ask you a couple of questions to be, to be thinking on and pondering. What is it that Jesus has done for you? What does he still do for you? And then be asking him, how is it I need to respond today? What is it that you need me to do today, Lord? What are you asking of me? I want to hear your word. I want to live according to your word. And know that everything he is ever going to ask you to do is going to be in accordance with his written word. So if you think you're hearing something from God, calling you out, calling you to a new thing, calling you into a new ministry, a new point of life, then talk to someone. Pray with someone. And balance it against what the written word says. Because nothing from God will be contrary or lead you in a direction which the word, which our scripture does not back up. So hear his word. Let him speak to you right now as you prepare to come to the table.